Hello to all. This is Yosef Baur teaching Mishneh Torah in English. Today we are studying Al-Khot Shabbat Berekaf. In this chapter, we will deal with a couple of points. Mainly, the two main points of the chapter are the Masva of Shibitat Aibid and Shibitat Behema, the um, positive precept of a person making sure his cattle, his animals, and his slaves are shovtim on Shabbat. They rest on Shabbat. We will see the definition of Shabbatah very soon. Um, basically, the definition means any melacha that the individual himself is not allowed to do. Also, his um, animals and slaves are forbidden from doing on Shabbat. We will see uh, clearly in the following halachot. We also will see um, a specific heter in this manner regarding somebody who 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 has his wallet with him and Shabbat entered and it became dark Friday night and he does not know what to do with his wallet. We will see something in regard to this. Um, and yes, these are so these are the main main points. Let's get straight into it. Halakha Aleph. Asur it is forbidden to put a um, carry-on, a, some, a, um, some sort of carrying um, on a behema, on an animal, on Shabbat. Why? As it says in the Torah, your... your um, Donkey, your um, uh, your ox and donkey shall rest on the day of Shabbat. And this consists of any animal. However, if somebody nevertheless puts some something on a behema, some substantial um, object on a behema, and the behema went out within, he um, took something out of that out of his property with the behemah. He is not liable for malkut. How come? He, it's true that he has a positive commandment. It's true that he has to make sure his animals rest on Shabbat. However, this you for the animals to rest. This shabitat behemot is a positive commandment and not a negative prohibitive commandment and what what this means is that the prohibition of an animal doing work on shabbat comes from the power of a positive commandment and is therefore if he transgresses this positive commandment he's not liable for malkud because it's a positive and not prohibitive commandment this is what we call a love haba mikelal ase a prohibitive commandment that comes out from the um, positive commandment. And therefore, somebody who does what is called himur after his bayaman Shabbat, and it had objects on it, he is patur for doing this. What is mehamer? Mehamer is when the owner of the animal causes the animal to do something, okay, but he doesn't do the melacha himself through the animal. In other words, he causes the animal to 
go and do some sort of melacha, but he doesn't do it himself. He's not with the animal, touching the animal. However, he causes the animal. He lets the animal do it. So in this case, he will not be liable for transgression of a prohibitive commandment, but rather he will be liable for transgressing this positive commandment, which we said is what we call in the halachic lingo, lav However, if he actively does a melacha with the animal he has uh, with the animal in this case he's transgressed a lot and we will see this in the next halacha halacha bet Harambam asks, what are you talking about that, um, you know, um, doing melachot with the animals is not a love? We just said it's a positive command. What are you talking about? It's a prohibitive command. We have a specific pasuk which says you may not do any melacha, you and your son and your daughters, your sons and your daughters and your slave and your um, female male and your animals. So what does this mean? You may not um, do any any type of melacha with the animals, any of the, the 39 melacha with the animals. And this, so what does this mean? The Isur in the Torah, the prohibitive commandment of the Torah, is strictly in regard to the 39 melachot of Shabbat, which we, previous, which we saw all of them mentioned in chapter 7. However, the shebita of an animal on Shabbat, in other words, not allowing an animal to take things in and out or to do some type of work, etc., this is a positive commandment. And the, when you do, when you transgress this positive commandment, you are liable, you are patu, because it's a lava bamikelal ase, so you cannot have malkut. However, this um, doing a melacha, doing an actual um, melacha with the animal, while you yourself are pushing the animal to do the melacha, you're, you know, yelling at the animal, etc. This itself is a specific love. However, this is a love which, in theory, can be punishable. Can be punishable. Can be punishable by death in in bedin, in a court. However, there's only one problem with this. In order to punish somebody with a death sentence in Judaism, the law provides that he must have been warned by two adim, by two witnesses. And there's a problem here. Although this specific prohibitive commandment is a prohibitive commandment that may, be, that re may result in death, this is not a prohibitive commandment which the halakha allows witnesses to um, uh, to um, testify on this person or to um, warn this person for his action. And therefore, practically speaking, this um, transgression of the halakha cannot be punishable by death. So you would think, okay, so at least let's punish the person with, with malkut, right? It's a transgression of a scriptural law. And the answer is no. Once we take away death, the death sentence from the table, we also cannot make up laws of the Torah and say, oh, forgive Malkut, because Malkut is um, uh, lashing 
only when transgressing a scriptural law. So what happens? Um, the person would be patur. Um, seemingly, it would seem like the person is patur. However, it seems that he is not liable for any actual pun ritual punishments. Um, that is not 100% sure. However, the law is clear. He is not hayav malkut from the Torah. He is not hayav. He is hayav mita if he is warned. If he is warned and testified by witnesses, however, there is no warning and tes testifying uh, through witnesses in this. So it causes like some catch, you know, some sort of uh, um, uh, impossible situation. Um, and therefore, there is no malkut. Halacha gime. Asul Israel ashkilu laskir behemagasa legoi shelo yaseh bah melacha b'Shabbat veharehu mesuveh al shemitat behem tov. Asul hachamim kol behemagasa legoi shemei ashkil o yaskir. A person may not, an individual may not rent or um uh, or um uh, lend his animals, his behemagasa, his heavy cattle. What we call Behemagasa means in halacha, in the language of the halacha, is um, heavy cattle, the uh, consisting of cows, um, male, female, baby, babies. Um, and why may he not? Um, why may? He, why is a person forbidden to, uh, forbidden to lend or rent his cattle to the goy, his heavy cattle, because we do not want the goy to do melacha on this on these animals with these animals on Shabbat, as we are prohibited. We we have the positive commandment of shabitat behema, and therefore hachamim also ve'aseru hachamim limkor behema gasal goy sheme yeshil or yeskir, and therefore also hachamim prohibited us as a a, a prohibited measure um, to not sell our animals to goyim. Why uh, our heavy cattle to goyim? So that a person does not by mistake um, go and rent or lend. His cattle, his heavy cattle to goyim, because the person will say, "Oh, if I could sell my animals to goyim, then of course I may rent or lend them to goyim." It uh, seem, would seemingly be allowed, and therefore hachamim prohibited this. And if somebody sold his heavy cattle to a goy, the kinas he is liable in a court. The court may force him. To buy back this cattle for up to ten times the selling price, because Hachamim regard this in such a strict manner, because behemot is something which people, you know, people are very, very unstringent in. So Hachamim did this in order so that people do not fall in this halacha. Um, uh, even an animal which is broken, in other words, which has, um, uh, which is damaged. Um, and cannot do work for the go for the for the goy that you sell it to, you still nevertheless not allowed to sell your animal to the goy. Now this is an interesting rule. Although it is forbidden to sell directly to a goy, because you're enjoying, because this is a sort of form of personal commerce between you and the goy, which may lead to you lending or renting your animal to the goy, thus causing the animal to work on Shabbat, it is nevertheless mutar, it is per, per, an individual is permitted to sell his animal to a goy via an intermediary because the intermediary's only purpose in the selling of the animal is not for the personal enjoyment 
that would be given to him by renting or lending the animal, but rather for strict business purposes. And because once we have it is a strict business purpose, the, the, the uh, individual, the intermediary, understands that this is strict business. I'm selling. I'm a seller. I do not lend. I do not rent. And he also understands that it is asur. Halakha dalet. And also, it is, it is permitted to sell horses to Goyim because the horses are made specifically, are used, their, their main use is for riding of people and not for carrying objects. And also, um, the high noset atzmo. We said this rule last in last chapter that um, a living animal uh, carries itself, and therefore there is no isur here. In the same way we said it is prohibited to sell to a goy directly, it is also prohibited for a Jew to sell to another fellow Jew if this fellow Jew um, is possibly somebody who may sell the animal to a goy. And I'll just put in a parenthesis here. Um, part of the Isur of Hachami to do commerce with Goyim in very specific situations, and I'm not saying this as a general rule, but was, um, as can be seen in Masechet Abu Dazara, was to limit our um, uh, business with the Goyim and to make the business be more with Jews. I'm saying this in a very, very big parenthesis. And as a side note, for more on that, see Masechet Abu Dazara, there is definitely much more to see on the subject. And this, uh, we read that. And another thing that is per, 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 permitted with regard to giving the Goy cattle is you're allowed to sell the cow to the Goy if it's a cow that's made to be slaughtered, it's a cow that's going to slaughter, and you see the Goy slaughtering it in front of you. However, you may not sell it um, randomly, a cow that's going to slaughter to a goy without making sure that the goy actually, in fact, slaughters it, that you see him slaughtering it because the goy may, nevertheless, even if you sell it to him on, on account that he's slaughtering it, he may decide to take it for for uses of work and thus work with it on Shabbat. Okay, in a place, now this halakha is a halakha which is, um, changes from place to place. In places which the minhag, which the custom, it was customary to sell the goyim, what we call light cattle, consisting of sheep, and goats and the and the type and and female male and their children and their and, and their the young uh their youngins so in a place that it is customary to sell um uh as we previously described you may sell however in a place that it is not customary the sale uh, it may not be sold it may not be sold and in any place regardless of what the minhag is what the custom is with behemadaka they the it is prohibited to sell the goyim, hayot gasot. Hayot gasot are any animals that are not, that do not fall under these behemot tehorot, um, the, that um, that can be put on the mizbeach, 
um, Hayagasa is not is any animal that is kosher and is not a cow or sheep or goats um, all the other animals we call Hayagasa so from a giraffe which is kosher to whatever other kosher animals and also the same way you may not sell Hayot Gasot Behemot uh, Gasot um, you may not sell Hayot Gasot only the only way to do it is using an intermediary. Okay, I'll stop here. Before reading this halacha, before explaining this halacha, I must explain an important rule in Ilkhot Shabbat. According to Harambam, and not all the poskim, not all the Rishonim agree with him, but according to Harambam, and he says this specifically in a Teshuvah and previous in the previous chapters, it is mutar lechatehila, it is permitted from the get-go, from the beginning, to carry an object in the Neshut Arabim, what we call pachot pachot ne'arba'amot, less than four amot at a time. So for example, somebody has an object in his hand, which he realizes he's holding in the Neshut Arabim, for whatever reason. And now, he wants to carry it from point A to point B within the public domain. In order, the person may lechatehila, according to Harambam, may lechatehila walk less than four amot at a time, thus carrying the object from point A to point B. This is mutalechatehila. So now, when reading these halachot, keep that in mind and see what the hidush, what Harambam is teaching us here, that is new. Somebody who was walking out of Shabbat and it became night. And he did not have a goy to which he could give him his wallet. As we saw in the previous halachot, in the previous chapters, it is mutar to give your wallet to a goy in such a situation. Now, it is very important to remember, in a situation in which it became nighttime, in a situation in which it became nighttime, and somebody's walking in, in out of Shabbat, he's very pressed to make it to his home on time for kiddush, etc. He wants to make it home quickly because it's Shabbat. So he's pressed. He's in a situation of rushing. Okay? Now, he does not have a goat to give him his wallet. However, he does have an animal with him. One of his animals. Now, we said it is asur. It is not permitted to use your animal on Shabbat to carry things for you. This is This is from of But nevertheless, in this specific situation in which the person has his wallet and we're afraid and we know that people are what we call hafuzin amamunam, they're afraid um, with when it comes to their own money, they're they're more likely to transgress a law. It is allowed for them to put their wallet, it's allowed for an individual to put his wallet on the behemah while the behemah is walking. How come? Because when he puts it on the behemah while the behemah is walking, it is a special situation in which his resting of the object on the behemah is not really considered resting. How come? Because until the behemah doesn't stop, until the behemah stops, it is considered that the wallet still hasn't rested. Once the behemah stops, it's considered that the wallet has rested. So in a situation in which a person, again, has a he may put his wallet on the behemah while the behemah is still moving in movement. And as soon as he sees, as soon as he sees that the behemah, the animal is about to stop, he picks up the wallet from it to prevent the wallet from being rested upon this behemoth and therefore 
he did not transgress a de'oraita law because it doesn't matter what. Unless it's pikuach nefesh, we do not transgress the oraita law. In certain situations, we do. This isn't one of them. However, he's transgressing a derabana law, a halfway, something which we allow, which hachamim allow only for somebody in a case like this. As I explained, there's no rest, no akira, no hanaha here because the animal is in movement. Another important um, condition here in this specific situation is that the person may not yell at the animal to move fast or guide it with his, you know, with his stick or hand because then it'll be mehamir b'shabbat, as we said, is prohibited. That this may not be done unless the person does not have with him a goy to which he can give his wallet. Now, this is very interesting. Again, to note, this is a hadush. Normally, a person can walk for a mot. Why would he want to go quickly? Because it is he wants to make it quickly to his house before Shabbat enters. He's scared. He has things with him. He doesn't know what to do. So he's going to go running, and he's going to maybe, maybe even trick himself that it hasn't that Shabbat really hasn't settled in yet. You know, it's still maybe a little light outside, and he, he's tricking himself. So we, so we say no. It's okay. You could put it on the behemah, do it in a way that is less asur than um, actually transgressing. You know, forbade actually transgressing a real. Isur um, uh, Shabbat, that is Hayav Karet, that is you know, very, very serious Isur Shabbat. Halacha Zayn, continuation of our subject. Haya, in the same context. So if he had with him a Hayresh uh, Katan, somebody who was deaf from, deaf from birth, or a um, person uh, with impaired mental abilities, who's Patur from the Misvot, or a child who's also Patur from the Misvot, he still may put his um, wallet on the a donkey. He may not give it to these the three aforementioned because they are still nevertheless people of Israel. And we do not want to use people of Israel to do our melachot for us. Even if they're peturing for the melachot. If he had with him a deaf person from birth or a mentally impaired person who's patur for the misfot, and he does not have with him a behemah, Hachamim permitted him to give it to the shoteh. Now again, he could have walked with it pachot pachot but Hachamim are allowing him because of this of the given situation. Shoteh katan, let's say he only had a shoteh and a katan with him, he may give it, he gives it to the shoteh and not the katan. Heresh katan, however, if he has the, the, the decision, he has only with him a deaf person from birth or a child, he may give it to whoever one of them he wants to because they are equal in this regard. Now, in a situation which he doesn't have any of these, he may walk with a wallet, as we said, it's and therefore there was no problem. And even if uh, just a regular find, something that he finds in the street that he's not scared of, you know, somebody's wallet people are scared of, and that is um, the, the psychology behind the, current, the the aforementioned situation. The person's scared of his wallet. It has all his money. His, you know, he, he may, may be coming back from a long business trip, etc. He doesn't want to lose it. 
but something which somebody, which an individual finds on the way, is not something which which somebody treasures so deeply, and therefore he may walk with it pachot pachot ma'ba'amot, and we are not scared that he may do hilul shabbat. ואפילו מסיעה שבאה לידו מהלך בה פחות פחות מהפעמות. אבל קודם שתבוא לידו, אם יכול להחשיך עליה מחשיך, ואם לאו, מוליכה פחות פחות מהפעמות. However, if um, uh, he finds a, um, uh, a מסיעה before the entrance of Shabbat, um, uh, if sorry, if he finds it in Messiah, and you know it's not something he is so um, uh, that's so treasured to him, he really wants it. If he could wait next to the Messiah, next to the finding, um, till the end of Shabbat, he should do that. However, if he cannot, if it's something which he cannot do, he cannot wait till the end of Shabbat with a finding. Then he may walk with it also. Now it is not clear from this halacha. That walking pachot pachot ma'abamot is is allowed from the gecko lechatechila. However, in a teshuvah of Rambam regarding this specific halacha, he says that pachot pachot ma'abamot is mutal lechatechila. So even though this halacha may be a little bit tricky to understand from first sight, the halacha is clear. Halacha, I mean the halacha is clear with Rambam's teshuvah and studying the subject a little in a little more depth. It is permitted to pull an animal with its leash, whatever leash it has, into the public domain, from obviously from the private domain, as long as the leash is the right leash for this animal. We gave four different examples of types of leashes which are um, specific for a certain animal. However, if this leash was insufficient for the animal to hold the animal in a proper manner, or it was more than sufficient to hold the animal in a proper manner. For instance, a double leash. He has two leashes on a, on a, on a dog. He doesn't need the second leash. Why do you have the second leash? So this, in this case, he may not do it because what's permitted is only what is exactly enough for the animal. If it's less than enough, then it's like masoy on the animal. It's like the animal is holding it, right? Like holding an object in a shudabim for you. And if it's more, the little more that the animal could have lived without, you could have pulled it without, that little more is considered like masoy for you. It's considered like an object that the animal is carrying for you. It is prohibited to tie camels one to another and to pull them after each other. Now what we're talking about is a, um, stra- uh, a um, uh, caravan of camels where you have them tied one to another back to back. And even if these camels were tied before, from before Shabbat, they may not be um, uh, pulled on Shabbat. However, he may, if he has a, a few camels that he wants to pull all together, he may take all their ropes, as long as the camels aren't tied one to another, all their ropes, and pull them together 
with their ropes as long as less than a tefah of rope comes out from within his fist. Okay, so the camels are not tied to each other, but he may, he is so to speak pulling them with their with their leash all together. Okay, and this is allowed. This is permitted. And when a person is pulling an animal vis-a-vis -vis a leash, the, the leash or the rope that is pulling the animal must be more than a tefah above the ground. And Rambam explains why is it prohibited to pull the camels when they are tied one to another, like a sort of caravan of camels, because this is marit ayin. When people see the person carrying, pulling these animals one after the other, it looks like he is carrying them in a professional manner to take them to sell them in the marketplace or to play with them in a circus-like manner. And because of this, it is prohibited as well to take, to allow an animal to go out with bells that are on it, that are tied to its neck, or, and even if these bells um, were co were covered in a way that they do not make noise, because these bells make it look, make it seem like this animal is going to be sold or played with, and this is, of course, prohibited on Shabbat to do commerce. We'll see that in later halachot. Halacha yot. לא תסה בהמה בזוק שבחסותה ולא בחותם שבסברה ולא בחותם שבחסותה ולא בסועה שברגלה ולא בסולם שבסברה an animal may not go out with bells that are tied to its clothing and not with um, uh, a symbol of ownership that is on its neck or on its clothing and not with a um, uh, some sort of um, uh, straps on its feet on its legs and not with a ladder that is on its neck. And a, cat, and a donkey may not go out with his saddle unless the saddle was tied to him from before Shabbat. And a camel may not go out with a pendulum, a pendulum-like object that is tied to its back or to its tail unless it was tied to his um, uh, to his um, uh, tail as well as to his hoteret, and his hoteret is um, uh, the um, uh, the back, the, the bishop, what we call the camels. Um, uh, I forgot how the word slips my mind. The bishop of a camel is the um, uh, word slips my mind. Nevertheless, the back, the thing that thing that comes up, um, kind of like a little hill on a camel's back. So if it's tied to both of them, it is mutar. And a camel may not go out if one of its legs is tied to the other. Um, one of its front legs is tied to one of its back legs or vice versa. Um, and any and this also applies to any other animal. The chickens may not go out with the strings that are tied to their feet, or straps, leather straps that are tied to their feet. Um, and also, the sheep may not go out with a um, uh, 
the agala that's under the aliyah, the aliyah is the tail of the sheep, and they would have so many times some sort of wooden um, um, instrument under the tail of the sheep to keep the tail from to keep the sheep from getting dirty. Also, sheep may not go out. I'm not sure I made it clear. All the all these halachot from halacha vav till where our current halacha and furthermore are halachot in regard to what is considered masa on a behemoth, what is considered a carrying for the behemoth in regard to Shevitat Behemot on Shabbat. So I'm emphasizing this so to show that it's not, you know, just a randomly organized halachot, that there's some sort of organizational, um, internal organization here that organized the halachot in a very, very strictly well-organized manner. So I'll, again, I'll, I'll continue our halachot. So we said, they would have um, the sheep, the female sheep, um, however you say that, um, the, the word is clear, um, they would have, they would put some sort of twigs in their um, nose to cause them to, to cause them to sneeze, thus um, causing any worms that they would have on their head, on the top of their head, to fall off. This would cause them to like get rid of the worms in a rather aggressive manner. Then and they wouldn't do they wouldn't need to do this for the male sheep, for the male sheep, because the male sheep um uh, used to fight each other, you know, sheep head head to head, head bumping, and therefore they wouldn't have this problem. And a baby ox um may not go out with the the small um uh, um, instruments of heart of uh, work that they put on him on his neck in order to cause him to be more accustomed to working with these in, these work instruments and an animal may not go out with the net that is put on its mouth like a so, so to speak like a muzzle also the cow may not go out to the public domain with the porcupine skin they would put on its um, breasts so that foreign animals do not um, nurse it while it is sleeping at night. Also, it is prohibited to let an animal, uh, this, this, uh, the cow out, with a, um, uh, a um, straps between its um, uh, horns, whether it's for beauty or for some other purpose, for example, um, uh, making you know just uh, signifying that it belongs to a specific that type of owner, that owner rather than somebody else. A goat that he made a hole in its um, horns, he may go out with the afsar that is tied to it on Shabbat. The afsar is the um, uh, um, uh, moment that slips my mind. The explanation. The afsar is the leash that they were tied it. So if he ties the leash to the horns of the animal, you may go out with the, the leashes tied to the horns, even though this may not be the conventional way of tying the leash to the animal because you made a special effort to do it, um, and, he, and, it and it stays well, it doesn't fall off, it's mutah. 
بيبتا حبوب اسكنها اسور شمت تنتحنوا بينو بيضرب الشوت الربيم يخنقوا كيسه بس however if you just suck it into the into the fur of the animal of the goat this is not mutar this is prohibited because it may fall off and then he may he may walk with it more than four amot in the shoot rabbin halakhayat bet hazakharim the males yusim ba'ara kashur lahin ad zikhrutan they may go out with the leather that is tied on their sexual organ so that they do not go, um, impregnate or try to impregnate the females we're talking about um, goats or any other animals but this specifically would seem to be in regard to um, sheep and goats sheep and goats but it seems that it is also relevant to other animals also they would have um, um, uh, leather covering their uh, the in the uh, inner parts of their body so that animals do not um, jump them from below I must admit this is not too clear to me this sentence that I just explained but that is to the best of my knowledge how to explain it if anybody else has a more accurate explanation I would love to hear it also the animal minako the zikharin may go out with the um uh, whatever you know nice um um cloths that they would put on them for purposes of good to look good and the female sheep may go out the female sheep um may go out with their tail tied up pointing up so that the males um, impregnate them or if it's tied downwards impregnate them they may also have and they may also go out with um, cloths covering their um, uh, wool so that the wool stays clean um, and the goats the female goats may go with their breasts tied so that their milk gets dried out. However, if he takes out the, um, uh, if he ties the breasts of the um, goats so that the milk stays in them until the evening, then he may not go out with them because this is as though they are carrying the milk that he will be drinking in the evening, and this is like masoy. The donkey may not go out with the saddle even, uh, sorry, a, uh, a donkey, yes, may not go out with the saddle even if the saddle was tied to him from Erev Shabbat. Um, what is the difference between a mardat and a ukaf? We mentioned in the previous, in Halakha, Yod, a mardat, that a hamur may go out with a mardat who is tied to him on Erev Shabbat. A mardat is a um, cloth that they would have on the donkey like a saddle, but more, but less sturdy and firm, just some cloth. And a mardat is a actual full-out, full-length saddle. So if it's a real saddle, like a full-length, full real saddle, you know, made out of wood or leather or whatever you make it out of, you may not go out with a donkey, you may not go out with it. Below you say, asus bezenav shu'al, below bezhorich ibn enav, and the cow, and the, and the, um, uh, and the horse may not go out with the, um, uh, tail of a fox, they would put it either for, for um, ta- talisman purposes or for nice, to look nice, um, stylish 
the lobes of Richipin. I now have also with not with the um, uh, colored wool that they would put in between the eyes of the of the horse for purposes of um, style. Um, also, any other type of talisman, the, um, uh, the an any animal may, the animals may not go out with the pouch that they would have in their mouth to carry the food, or with shoes that they would have specially made for these animals, as well as the, it is also prohibited for the animals to go out with a talisman that is not and in the last chapter, we described uh, the different types of kamiot, what a kamiot mumhaya is, what a kamiot mumhaya is a kamiot that was proven to work three times, or was made by somebody who, who, um, his kamiot work on on more than three people. However, the animal may go out with a, um, uh, with the, with a, um, uh, bandage that is on its, on some sort of bruise, and with the wooden um, cast-like um, uh, cast that they would really use um, to repair a broken um, uh, body part, but also a female may go out with the shilya, the um, uh, what you call the water, the what holds the child um, after giving birth. Sometimes it would stay in the animal; it wouldn't it wouldn't fully get disconnected. So this thing called a shilya, the what holds the animal, the child in the water in the womb of the of the mother, as nice would say, and it is allowed to go with it because it is in the hashu. Also, um, uh, and the person may um, uh, Do what is called pikikat zu. It is to put on a female. You may put a um, uh, yeah, and a female behemai of behemada kargasa, whatever it is. You may put um the bells on them as long as it stays in the inner domain, in the private domain, not the public domain. Also, you may put a mardat, the cloth saddle on the donkey on Shabbat and it may walk around in the chaser. However, you may not put what we call the kelastar. We said it was a pouch, the pouch that they put the food in, um, even in the chaser. Now we are trans uh, we are going on to what I said at the beginning of the chapter when I gave my small short preface preface um, this is Shevitat Aibit. The same way we are prohibited, we have a positive commandment to allow our animals to rest on Shabbat, as prescribed by Hachamim. We also have a positive commandment to rest our Abadim, our slaves on Shabbat. So, Keshem Shadam is Suvi al Shevitat Behim Tobi Shabbat, Kahum is Suvi al Shevitat Abdul, the Amato. That's Al Pishahim Benedat, Benedat Asman Osi. And it's very interesting. So the same way you you have this this, this uh, positive commandment to co to rest your animals on Shabbat, you also have the positive commandment to rest your slaves. And even if the slaves have 
mind, meaning they're old enough to understand what they're doing, and they're doing it for themselves. It is a precept on the person. It is commanded uh, commanded on the person, on the individual, to protect and make sure that the abadim, his slaves, do not do melachot on Shabbat. And as shall rest your ox, oxes, uh, ox and camels, and um, shall rest the son of the female slave and the proselyte. Sorry, the slaves, female and male, that we are talking about, that you must, that the person is commanded to cause them to be shobetin on Shabbat, these are slaves that if it's a male, did a circumcision and tebila for abdut, or if it's female, she just did tebila for abdut. In other words, the kibelum is and they took upon themselves the precepts that the slaves, abal, abadim shalom halu velo tebila, slaves that did not do mila and tebila. But rather, only took upon themselves the Sheva, the seven Noahide laws. They are what we call a Ger Toshav. Um, we spoke about this in Chot Mila, the types of uh, things. Ger Toshav. Ger Toshav is a Ger, a proselyte living in within the confines of Israel, which does the seven Noahide laws, which takes upon himself the seven Noahide laws, we allow him to live within our confines. However, there's a catch. Although he's allowed to do work on Shabbat, even outdoors, even in Eris Israel, the same way he does it on any regular day, we do not accept within our midst a Ger Toshav, a Ger that does, performs the seven Noahide laws, unless we are in the time which the the year of the jubilee um, is enacted in action. The Yovel, what we call the year of the jubilee, is every seven Shemitot, every seven seven-year cycles, in other words, every 49 years, the 50th year is what we call a Yovel, which is a second Shemitah. Um, however, this is only works, we only do the Yovel when we have Sanhedrin, Be'ezirat Hashem, that we have this um, very close in our times. Halakhat Etzan, or... In some books, the continuation of Alakha Yudal. So we said on one hand, a Ger Toshav is that Ger, is that type of proselyte which only does the seven Ohad laws. And he may do work on Shabbat. And a Ger Sedek, a true proselyte, not somebody who does the seven Ohad laws, somebody who really takes upon himself all the misvot of Am Israel, he's like a Jew in every regard and as well as Shabbat. Who does it say? Who is the pasuk referring to? What is the pasuk referring to when it says, "And shall rest the son of your female slave and your proselyte"? We said on one hand, a full-out ger, a regular proselyte, does all the misfot like a Jew, including Shabbat, and a ger toshav, somebody who takes who takes upon himself the seven Ohad laws, we call him a ger toshav, is not does not have to do Shabbat. So who is this Pasuk talking about? Ah, so the Pasuk is referring to 
that get a toshav, that get a, the, the, take upon himself the seven Noahide laws, who is working for a Jew, it is prohibited for him to do work for his Jewish master on Shabbat. However, for himself, he may do work on Shabbat. He may transgress the, Shabbat, the laws of Shabbat if it's for his own personal benefit. And even if um, uh, this um, uh, ger was his, um, uh, um, uh, was somebody's slave, in other words, a, a ger that has seven, that does seven Oil laws, is somebody's actual slave. The ger may this seven, this uh, goy that's a ger, ger sedek, may in fact do melachot for himself on Shabbat. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen. Amen.